Let's go. Hi, guys, and welcome to the eighth episode of Dreamers and Doers, where I interview people who help create a better world. So today I'm here with Grant Treblico, who created a charity called OneWave. So, Grant, do you want to tell us what OneWave is about? For sure. Thanks for having um, me, Alex, and what's up, guys? I've never done this Facebook Live thing, so let's see how it goes. OneWave, it's a non-profit surf community. It's about raising awareness of mental health through saltwater therapy, surfing, and fluorinus. Really getting as many people in the ocean as we can because sometimes one wave is all it takes to get the froth back and get people smiling again. So we run weekly Fluoro Friday events where we dress up in ridiculous bright outfits and surf and share stories, you know, to let people know they're not alone and that's okay not to be okay. Yeah, I have to say I started going there two months ago and it's a really cool environment because you go in a community where you can be yourself really and open up in a non-judgmental environment. So, I mean, as I'm a bit working on, you know, being uh, more authentic and doing what drives you, and, uh, I think it was really interesting to, to come there every Friday. So what I'm interested in now, Grant, is like, what's the story? Yeah, it's um, so Alex started coming down a month ago, so it's so good that he's come down and been part of the community. He's actually been down and sh- shared his story. Um, he brings tea down every week, and that's what One Wave is all about. It's a community, um, all ages. We have Cedric down there, who's 82, comes down and reads motivational quotes each week. Um, we've taught people how to surf, you know, who are eight years old. And so everyone's welcome. Uh, you don't have to be a surfer to be involved. We have an anti-bad vibe circle at the start and share stories um, to let people know they're not alone. And it started because there's too many people facing mental health challenges alone. Uh, we lose eight people a day to suicide. And it's just such a dark thing that you, most of the time you can't see mental health issues. So everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about. And it's, it's really scary what you can hide behind a smile. I was one of those people for years. You know, I grew up like as the happy kid and I was, um, you know, for years. But then six years ago, got misdiagnosed with depression and put on antidepressants. And they actually sent me to the manic episode of bipolar and ended up in the mental health ward of Manly Hospital. And that's where my world come crashing down. I got diagnosed with bipolar. Thought people would think I was crazy, but what saved me when I got out was surfing and good people. You know, I, I couldn't sit still on the couch because the anxiety was really bad, but I could sit in the ocean for hours. And one wave, I, one day, I, I caught this one wave and it was the first time I'd smiled in so long and actually felt it. I've surfed all my life, but this was different. Like this was the point where I was like, shit, I can't beat this. It gave me hope. And that's what we want to do, to share this recipe of saltwater therapy. You know, it's okay not to be okay. And you know, me and my buddy Sammy thought maybe if we set up this non-profit called One Wave, um, we try and get as many people in the ocean as we can, as many people talking about mental health, maybe we could help, you know, just one person. And then we started dressing up in ridiculous outfits five years ago at Bondi. And it's been five years of fluoro, so we haven't missed the fluoro Friday in, in five years. And that's because... It's not down to me and Sam, it's down to there's a lot of people out there that care, that want to make sure you don't have to go through mental health issues alone. And it's just one big community, yeah, based around the ocean that are helping people get through a funk. Mm, I can, yeah, I can remember seeing all these guys in Fluoro, like, it's been like four years in here. I was like, what are they doing? So it's yeah. definitely <laughs> a good, uh, good little tool. Definitely, that's the whole point. Like the fluoro, it makes people happy, but it makes an invisible issue visible. And if we were just running down in normal wetsuits, people wouldn't ask us why we were just going mm-hmm. for a surf, but a ridiculous outfits. You know, people ask why the hell you're dressed up. And 
that helps start conversations with complete strangers about mental health. So we got Geneviève saying, hey, Legends, Greg is such a good egg. Oh, you're a real good egg. <laughs> We're never tired of, <laughs> of listening to him through our Friday's Changing Lives, which... Uh, oh, thanks so much. Who was that? Oh, Jenny Legend. <laughs> thank you. You're right back at you. So thank you. Uh, thanks a lot. And yeah, so I'll go like, Daniel, why do you think we... So basically, yeah, you started it because, yeah, it's like getting a bit of a problem in our society is like, feel there are more and more people getting stressed, getting anxieties, getting depressed, and it's still quite taboo. Yeah, still. People don't talk about it much. Still, I feel like the stigmas um, reduced a bit. Like five years ago, I don't really talk to any of my mates about depression, but now it's quite open. But I think um, so awareness is starting to increase, but obviously we're still losing eight people to suicide. That's, you know, Two years ago, it was six people a day, and now we're losing eight people a day to suicide. So there's still stigma there. And mm. I think the big thing is you, it's invisible. You can't see it. Mm. When you break your arm, you know, you get a cast. People, you know, want to sign it. They ask you how long till you're going to be back surfing. You say six weeks. It's, you know kind of how long it's going to mm. take. Mental health, you can't see it. Like often it's the happiest people like me that are struggling the most. And just you just don't know how to reach out for help. And so I feel like... The stigma is still there. It's trying to make it easier for people to get help, to so start in that conversation so people know they're not alone and that people aren't going to judge them. And the thing is that what I thought, like I thought people would think I was crazy that I was weird. It was the complete opposite. I started telling my friends and I was freaking out. I like surfers, the biggest chillers. And I found out two of my closest mates had anxiety, depression, and they just wanted to give me a hug. And then they ended up sharing their story. So I feel like it's up to us. Every single person on this earth has a chance to raise awareness of mental health and reduce the stigma. Whether it's telling someone you know that they're not alone if they're struggling, whether it's giving them a hug, whether it's at your workplace starting conversations. It could be, you know, charities like Batir where they're going down sharing stories in schools. Every conversation that happens about mental health lets someone know they're not alone. That person then is way more likely to reach out for help. And it's trying to get them to reach out for help, which is key because otherwise they go through alone and it just gets harder and harder because they're dealing with all the negative thoughts in their head. So I think it's like, that's the first step is like starting the conversation. But then the next step is finding them the right help, you know, letting people know you can actually talk to your local GP about mental health. You know, if you are an emergency, you can actually go to an emergency room and they can treat you for your mental health letting them know about contacting Lifeline. So it's about starting that conversation, but then what to do if someone is struggling. Hmm. And you, I, well, I don't know exactly, but I feel like it's a problem that's more and more common, like, you know, people are burning out at work, all these, these issues. And do you think there's a reason why, well, first, if you agree that you feel it's getting it's something that gets bigger and uh, like bigger and bigger. At least people who face like, let's say maybe not men. I don't know if you call it mental health, but like anxiety and depression. Yeah. And do you know why in our modern times it would be it would increase if you agree with that statement? Yeah, definitely. I think the thing is that we're just starting to talk about mental health. We never used to talk about it much at all. Like it's not saying we talked about it at school. The thing is like going through life and saying you'll never have a mental health challenge is like saying you'll never have a physical injury like 
It might mental health challenges might be diagnosed depression, anxiety, bipolar. It might be loneliness. It might be a breakup and you're going through a tough time. So I think their mental health challenges, they are increasing. And we're just starting to find out more because we're talking about it. But I think there's a few reasons. One is like we put so much pressure on ourselves. Like we're our own worst enemy. Like we beat ourselves up. You know, we expect ourselves to be perfect when we never can be perfect. And we don't reach out for help for mental health stuff because you can't see it. I also think social media, like we're on social media right now, but it does do some good things. Like, you know, you keep in touch with friends and family all over the world. It brings together a community, but it's hectic. Like I feel like when you're struggling, you kind of, go to social media as an escape but it just distracts you mm. because you're like say you're going through a real tough time you're going through anxiety you're like okay i'll go to um check my instagram stories and you'll check facebook and then you see other people having a good time and it makes you feel worse whereas i feel the best when i'm away from my phone surfing yoga meditation anytime away from the phone because you actually you escape and you get to actually live life i feel like we're living our life through other people rather than the people we're with. And I feel like, yeah, we just need to spend a bit more time being good to ourselves, but also giving ourselves time to think because being on our phones too much is not giving ourselves time to think about the big stuff that is causing us a lot of shit in our head. Mm. And if you're on social media, you often like compare yourselves. Yeah. And you compare yourself to not the real life of people. So it's funny sometimes, well, it's not funny, but like sometimes you'd have someone who's very depressive, but on social media, they look like they have the dream life. Yeah, yeah. So people looking at them on social media, they only see what's amazing and they don't see the struggle. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's good things like it does help in some ways, but there are a lot of negatives. And when we go and talk at schools for one way, that's one of the big things they say. Social media, there's, there's the bullying aspect. There's the, it looks like everyone's living their dream aspects and we just start beating ourselves up. Mm. And so it's like, I think we, if we can get people to dial back a bit from being on the phone and out in nature, you know, hanging out with our friends and actually like enjoying the moment, it'll, you know, it's mm. gonna, it's gotta help us. Yeah, yeah. I actually run a happiness program. Oh yeah, ever. And there's a, there's a day on social media on like not comparing yourself in social media. Impact, yeah. And I use it also for time management because it takes so much of people's time. Yeah, it's definitely. Addictive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm pretty bad on it too, so I'm trying to trying to back up it a bit too. Mm. Well, I try to work with it, to use it, but I don't like when it uses me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely happens. Yeah. So there are, there are quite a few tools you can use, but still, like, yeah. I know I'm so addicted too. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you have... Yeah, you talked a bit about disconnecting and so what can we do, and talking about it so yeah what can we do about mental health awareness so obviously try to talk about it but like concretely so you're an example it's like setting up groups or environments where we can with each other um disconnecting from social media do you have other tips for people who either go through depression or some kind of mental health problem or who know people around them and want to help yeah, definitely. I think that if someone says they're struggling, that you know if, if you think they are. Um, sometimes it's pretty scary because we haven't talked about mental health much before. We don't know how to fix and we want to just be able to fix it. And mental health isn't as easy as that. But start off by giving them a massive hug. <laughs> because if, if they've actually come to you and said they're struggling, or if you think they are, give them a massive hug. And I think the key thing is just listening. Like, I've had all this stuff. I know I had mental health issues for years. I didn't understand them inside my head just going round and round. Um, so 
just give them a chance to let it out. Um, just talk and say how they're actually feeling. I feel like asking like, you know, how are you feeling? Sometimes it's quite closed and most of the time the answer would be, yeah, shit, like I'm actually feeling really shit. If you ask them, what are they feeling? Then they might say, look, I've got tightening in my chest. I think it might be anxiety. I just like can't get this like negative thought out of my head. It lets them get the feelings out. Then if you can get them to go to a, a doctor, just ask them, have you talked to anyone about this? And if, you know, if they haven't talked to a doctor, take them to a local GP, like a lot of them specialize in mental health and they can talk to the doctor. And then a doctor, if they think, they might think, okay, now you're good um, just with salt water therapy, with yoga, you can manage this yourself. Or they might think, okay, it'd be good to talk to a psychologist. A psychologist is like a talk therapist. It's like a mate that you can just tell anything and they won't even, they don't judge you. You know, if I have got a psychologist and it's the best. You just go in there for an hour and just talk shit and they help you. They're like a life coach. So they can put you on a 10-pack um, mental health plan, a doctor. So that means that it gives you a discount on the psychologist. Go to a psychologist for the talk therapy. They can't give you medication. A doctor can but they'll make that call. And then a psychologist will decide whether you go see a psychiatrist, which is more, I had a psychiatrist when I was prescribed with medication um, for bipolar. And so psychiatrists will put your medication. But the, the first thing is the doctor can decide where you need to go first. If you think it's, that's if you've got time. Sometimes you haven't got time. You know, we lose eight people a day to suicide. It's, it's, it's so damn sad. And it's these conversations that can make that can actually save a life. If you're worried about someone that they might take their life, it's going to be the hardest thing you'll ask. Just say, ask them, have you thought about taking life? Mm. And if they say, I have, then you can ring Lifeline, give them a call, and they'll direct you as to what to do. Or because a lot of the time doctors, you know, if they're not open, if this is late at night, take them to an emergency room in a hospital, just like you would if you broke your leg, you can go in there and they can see a psychiatrist. If you're really worried, if someone's like you think going to jump off a building and you need backup from help from police, call the police. But those are two kind of things. And, you know, honestly, those things can actually save someone's life. But it's actually really confusing. I still am learning ways to help people with mental health. And, but, being there from giving them a hug is going to be the best thing ever. And just uh, um, so a question or what's, um, what's your definition of mental health? So, cause is it like, does it have to be like a chemical imbalance or can it be anyone with anxiety? Like, is it something you get diagnosed and you get like medication for, or can it be any state of mind? I think that's the thing where it's good to change. Cause I think in the past it used to be looked at as a negative thing, like mental, illness which is like negative that's why i didn't want to talk about if you think about mental health it's like what can you do to make your head perform better like um your basic like it might be meditation it might be talking to someone um for me it's medication because i need to balance out mm. some of the chemical imbalance so your medication yeah but I, I find it's like what's the mental health is like positive mental health like what can you do to do better at work, do better at school, mm. you know, perform better, at, like be a better surfer because you need to be mentally strong. So it's like, I like to look at it as like the mind gym. And so everyone goes, whether it's the gym or they go to yoga to get strong, you know, flexible. Why don't we take our head to the mind gym? Mm. Our heads don't stop. Like we beat them up like nothing else. Um, so yeah, 
do your meditation, you know, talk to someone about your problems and let's make our minds strong. Because I feel like mental health is a whole spectrum. It may start, there may be stress. We're all under stress. That's mental health. Um, lonely, who hasn't felt lonely? Sadness, who hasn't felt sad? Some may get diagnosed with anxiety, some may depression, but at the end of the day, it's all mental health. If you think about it, physical health, it's your whole body. We do everything we can to prevent injuries and look after our body. Let's why not do the same for our head? Mm. Yeah, it's like, I think it's kind of, like mental health is not like you have or you don't have it. It's like a spectrum, no. right? Like for you know, for myself, yeah. Like I never considered I had a mental health, so I never use a medication. But uh, definitely, it's getting better now. I've been meditating quite quite a lot in the past few years, and um, but yeah, I used to have and I still have, right? Like anxieties or moment when I feel lonely or these things, and it's always good to talk about it. And I think, do you feel it's harder for men? Because I feel in manly environments, you don't like. It's harder to be what you'd call vulnerable. Yeah, totally. I grew up playing rugby in New Zealand and it was kind of like, you didn't really complain unless you broke something, you know, like um, it was kind of like harden up, bro. Like, you know, it'll, it'll be sweet. Um, so I think being a guy, it, it, there is, because we are kind of like that much, I think we should just be able to get over it because you can't see it. But mm. I think for girls, it's hard as well. Like for mm. everyone, like it doesn't, mental health doesn't discriminate, you know, whether you're an actor, you know, a surfer, a singer, an accountant, like we all struggle with our mental health, but we all want to pretend that we're sweet because you can't see it. So it's really hard to, mm. you know, it's really hard to work out how to get better and also who needs help. Mm. Um, yeah, so, um, ah, yeah, Tani has a question. So, hey, Tani, thanks for your question. I hope it's not too hard, just easy ones, eh? <laughs> Um, how would you recommend creating awareness for mental health, breaking the taboo on the workflow? Oh, workflow. Question, yeah, I'd love to get your ideas on this. Um, I think work is a place where we nef- we spend, you know, pretty much most of our day there. Um, and it's a place that's really hard. You sit beside someone at work and you probably sit beside them for two years. You don't actually really know what's going on in their life. We run... Um, it can be different for each workplace. Um, we run Fluoro, so we run um, one-way corporate programs. We go into um, the office and we get them to all dress up in Fluoro. Or we actually just take wine lays in there. We um, share the one-way story and get someone sharing their story about mental health. And then we break into groups after that and get them talking about how they free the funk. And this is, we've had people open up to their workmates that, they've never told them before about their mental health problems just because it was a bit more lighthearted, like having the Hawaiian lays and breaking out in groups. So you could take that recipe um, to any workplace. Um, you know, we try and do meditation at the end as well. So I think it's kind of like, what you, what are you passionate about that you could take to your workplace um, to raise awareness at mental health? Is it to run a yoga class once a week and at the start of the class share your inspiration behind it why you um so passionate about raising awareness of mental health is it a walk at lunchtime outside um i think the key part is getting some exercise in there making it fun but also letting people know it's okay not to be okay so create this tribe at work or at school where people when they come down and talk to that group they know they can just be themselves like i think when you walk in the office Every day you put on this front, like, yeah, I have to pretend that I've got this, everything's sweet when you don't. And I think if you can start something at work, 
that's kind of how we see one wave. When you come down on Friday, everyone's dressed in fluoro. It's, it's not judgmental at all. You can just, you can actually say how you're really feeling. Create that kind of community at your work. And I think, yeah, you build a really, really strong community at work that will, you know, not only help each other get through a funk, but you actually, it makes things easier at work to actually do your job and do better. Um, yeah, so guys, keep asking your questions. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'll have a, a last one, but yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, my last question would be, on a, maybe it's um, a bit tricky sometimes to find the balance on when um, mental health should be, like how much is it like a condition and how much like especially, sometimes there's also the conception that it's something your mind gets locked in. So um, I was at a seminar last week from a pretty famous guy called Tony Robbins and the coaching angle on mental health. So it's um, it's often that it's more like traumas from your childhood or like these uh, these things, and that you find um, so often uh, you find in dep- for example in depression you'd find uh, you'd meet some of the human needs that would be certainty and significance. So let's say when you're depressed for a long time, being depressed becomes part of your identity, um, and so there's a bit that debate about for example if you're depressed. So some people smash a bit antidepressants, saying it's like it's not an answer. Yeah. And some people say, well, there's a clinical imbalance, so it helps actually uh, yeah. change that clinical imba- imbalance. So let's say, how would you see, like, do you think can be a bit of both? Or, um, yeah, how would you see, like, how, how we should treat that chemical imbalance? Or sometimes how it's actually, in, like, you know, people get also in victim modes sometimes. So do you... Yeah, I think the thing is everyone's different. And sometimes there's this thing um, people say, like, you've got no reason to be sad. There's people, you know, um, you know, living in poor countries. And the thing is, is like, that's kind of like saying you can't be happy because there's people that are more happy than you. So I think the thing is, like, everyone has their struggles and don't ever feel like your struggle isn't big enough to get help. But it's like the thing is um, with being – chemical imbalance and then other characteristics influencing your mental health. I think everyone's different, like everyone's super different. But for me, having bipolar and my dad has it as well, there's a chemical part that I need to take medication Mm -hmm. for. But there's also the other part that, you know, I got diagnosed with perfectionism first, which is more around, um, you know, how to control the thoughts in my head and not being so hard on myself. So I work on that still every day and that's why I try and do meditation, which I always forget to do, but I should. Um, that There's parts, things I can do like surfing, meditation to keep my thoughts positive. Mm. Um, and there's other things that I have to do to look after that chemical imbalance of having bipolar. So some people don't have to deal with the having bipolar or anxiety, depression. It's more looking after their how they think, um, which, you know, which meditation helps a lot for. So I think the thing is like, I can't, the best person to speak to about that would be a doctor or a psychologist, mm. but. Yeah, because it's hard because sometimes I feel like depressive person, some people might need antidepressant and some people, for some people, it might be an excuse to confirm the, the identity they create also out of it. But. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the thing is everyone's different on that and it's like mental health is such a complex thing. Um, and so you know, the best people to speak to about that would be the mental health professionals and, you know, it's work it out. I mean, 
I would love not to be on medication, but I know that I need that to kind of keep yeah. me in the middle with bipolar, like to keep me balanced. So, yeah. that makes sense. Um, so what's, uh, yeah, so if you have questions, we're going to finish in like two, two minutes, but um, yeah, just to finish, what's next for you on one way or one way? Yes, yeah, so one way that started in Bondi five years ago, running the floor of Fridays and We've been lucky enough to have um, around 150 beaches um, in 25 countries that are run a Fluoro Friday event. So 25 countries? Yeah, oh, they've run like at least cool. one Fluoro Friday. And that's so cool. what we're trying to do is say to anyone anywhere in the world, if they want to start a Fluoro Friday, all it takes is dressing up in some bright outfits, going surfing and, and sharing stories with your mate. And then if we can, we get people to do free yoga at those sessions as well. So we're trying to do get as many beaches around the world doing those. Um, and then we've just launched a school program and a university program where we go and get them dressed in fluoro and get them talking about mental health. Um, so we're just trying to get more universities and schools because if we can get people talking about it when they're young, mm -hmm. then hopefully we can prevent it because I think prevention is key for mental health. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'd love to see you down at Bondi um, every Friday morning at 6.30 a.m. or all the beaches are on the um, One Waves All It Takes website. Actually, we have a last question from Geneviève. Um, oh, Jim, what do you got? <laughs> can you share a story about a time that a friend stepped up and really supported you? I think we can all benefit from hearing how to be a great friend in challenging times. So, yeah, do you have a personal story? Yeah, I, I, it's my family. Like, I was in hospital for, got diagnosed with bipolar and went through a pretty hectic week and ended up in, in the mental health ward. And my family flew over from New Zealand. Um, and they came in there like the mental health wards of they hectic, like you know, one wants to go in there, but they were in there like every day and the food was so bad and they would just bring me like burgers every day. I'd be asking them for burgers every day and, um, they would be there and then no matter what, and they looked after me and, um, until I got better to like well enough to go out and then I moved home to New Zealand and I surfed with dad all day and my brothers. And then when I wasn't surfing, I struggled cause like. I was still super embarrassed about what happened. And my mum, I just walked with my mum and she'd be taking me to all these different doctors to try and get help. So I think the thing for me, it was my family. And I've had so many friends that have helped me as well. But I think the big thing I can think is they were just there for me no matter what. And they didn't have to, it wasn't, they didn't have to say anything. It was just like, give me the chance to talk and not feel judged. And yeah, they, they were the ones, they, they saved my life, honestly. And, and my dad has bipolar. So hearing him share his story and I never understood he had bipolar which is crazy made me feel like it was okay I was like oh my dad's such a legend like the happiest dude if he's got it then maybe you know it's okay if I've got it so I feel like being there for people but also sharing your story if you have gone through a mental health challenge as well makes you feel not alone so thanks Ron thanks Daddy, just be a good egg yeah. be a good egg yeah thanks well you are <laughs> apparently it's fine that's what Jim was saying. And uh, yeah, thanks, Tani, for, for sh sharing the love too. Um, do you want to add anything? No, I think, think that's yeah. me. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, thanks. Like, I mean, it's, I, it was super, super good to be. Yeah, I always love being in um, communities where people are loving and caring and, and yeah, just being nice to each other. Um, 
something more new for me than I guess it is for, for you. But like I was last week at that seminar, Date with Destiny, where also like people will hug and they're all nice. And it's just like, um, yeah, you, it just makes me think it's just uh, if you change the whole mentality, like when you're in Paris, everyone's like angry in the metro. And if you take a switch, you live in a completely different world. Of, yeah, really, really nice and kind people. So thanks for... <laughs> Thanks, Eva. Thanks for having me. That and, and being a leader of this. Thanks, guys, for the question. Thanks, Sam. Painting. Yeah. These are all good hugs to. Oh, Danny. Yeah. Can can I ask one more? Go for it, Danny. Oh, hey, hey. Yeah. Of course. I hope there's not a hard one to finish on. Pressure's on. Yeah, Tani can ask tough questions sometimes. So. Oh, yeah? Be, pre yeah. be prepared. Right. I think she's typing. Oh, she's typing. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, I'll do a bit of uh, self-promotion. So He's going to do a rap. He's going to do a rap. He <laughs> said he learned one the other day as a thing. So, uh, yeah, I did a happiness program, which is... Uh, actually, I could send it to you. I'd love to, to know what you think about it. Uh, but it's basically about, uh, so it starts with, yeah, accepting negative feelings, not being too hard on yourself, yeah. doing little exercises like gratitude, sharing that gratitude. Um, I can't remember all of them, but there's like, but still like accepting negative feelings, but then we have a bias, like created by evolution is like that's a survival instinct we focus on the negative on things that are stressful yeah, yeah. and things like gratitude they help for actually overcoming that bias which is the negativity bias so um it's not about being positive blindly and be like everything's good everything's good because that puts pressure and that's when it doesn't yeah, work yeah. but simply realizing that we're alive that we especially when we're in bondi that we have a good life and just uh, overcoming that negativity bias is a yeah, good one. So, Danny, you, <laughs> you ask, I uh, you. ask one more. Um, is it, are you, <laughs> yeah, let's wait one um, second. Where's your rap? Hmm? I thought you can do that rap. That rap. The rap, you're gonna sing like rap. Rap song. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right. That's gonna be for another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, good. Thanks, question. Mental health recovery can be a long process, and lots of people underestimate how long the struggle can be. Yeah. How can you manage expectations of friends and coworkers? That's a tough question. Yeah, that's. Um, so, for example, when I was working, when I first got diagnosed with depression, I'd come back from. I was working for a tequila company come back from a trip in Mexico and um, had a chat with my boss and she gave me a month off. She was so understanding. And, um, but we decided together that we'd tell the um, team at work that I had Giardia instead of saying I had mental health issues. This was five years ago. So this was a stigma, um, which is crazy. We couldn't actually um, say that I actually had depression. So I actually had to, you know, lie, which made it so much harder when I came back because I had to pretend that I had Giardia. I think in terms of managing expectations, um, just be open about when you're struggling. Um, me, when I talked to my first boss, she was so understanding because she had some you know, family that had been through um, some mental health challenges. I think if you can be open, whether it's your 
workplace, um, whether it's your partner, um, whether it's your friends, tell them what you've been through. You'll be surprised at how many people have been through something similar. Like I, so many of people, I had no idea were struggling when I opened up and up my story, they were, they were struggling as well. So be open. And if you need to tell them that you need an hour off a week to go see a psychologist, a psychiatrist, tell them that they'll appreciate it. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, whether they're a manager, a friend, you know, they want you to be happy and their job as a manager is to look after you. And if your health's good, you know, you're performing good at work. So I think just be open, whatever the doctor or psychologist is telling you in terms of how long it will take to get better, you know, just be open with that. I took six months off work after being diagnosed with bipolar and I needed to, like, I'd been just pushing it with work and partying and, you know, and, and that was so hard to do, but it's the best six months because, you know, it helped me kind of understand what it's like to have bipolar and how to, how to live with it. And I'm still learning, but yeah, I think the best they can do is, is just be honest, as hard as that feels like people, they'll look after you mm-hmm. or if they're not, they're not a good person and you shouldn't be working with them. Yeah. I think one last thing also, yeah, with your friends in general, especially when you're in a, an environment where people repress more their emotion, like a rugby club or this kind of environment. Like, I think works is like to be kind of vulnerable yourself to do that first step of opening up, especially when you're face to face with a friend. Usually they'll like completely like, you know, that um, what you build like I'm, I have no struggle, etc. If you start on being vulnerable, the person in front of you is going to tell you also about the struggle and that's going to uh, connect you. Definitely. That's what I feel. Definitely. Like you build better friendship with uh, vulnerability and not pretending everything's better. Yeah, man. Totally, totally agree. I feel like if you tell a work, um, your boss or a workmate, you often found like they say one in five people are affected by mental health issues, but that's only the people we know about. So there's a good chance that they know someone or they're going through it themselves. So they'll like totally understand and they'll appreciate it because you, then you'll be able to chat about it, you know, each day. Like it's, it's normal, which it is, you know. I'll end up with a big hug. Yeah. Yeah. You can't beat hugs. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. Uh, we're going to end the live now. Thanks again, Grant. And uh, thanks, see me, you bro. on Friday. Yeah. For a little session and a little surf.